Welcome to the Life Podcast. We're so glad that you are joining us for another hope-filled message. And our prayer is that you are encouraged by this powerful Sunday sermon. Every now and then I'll get my guitar out and uh, I think, what a cool story we've just heard. And um, hopefully my story will be half as good. But I wanted to play you a song today, is that all right? Um, It's the first song I ever learnt when I was learning how to play the guitar. It's a song by the Trogs called Wild Thing. And it's... (laughs) Pretty sure I've been praying about this all week. I think it's okay <laughs> to play this in church. Um, it's a real simple song. It's got A, D, and E chords in it, and real simple strumming. It goes like this: goes Wild thing, you make my heart sing. You make everything. Oh, come on, listen. I learned that when I was 14 years old, so only a few years ago, and um, uh, it was a real simple song, and it started my journey playing guitar. When I was 14, I signed up for guitar lessons at school, and I was like, I was ready to go. I didn't just play Wild Thing for the last decades of playing the guitar. I... I kind of grew. I wanted to know what was next. And it was really cool. I signed up for guitar lessons. I had a teacher and he would teach me these things. He taught me this song. Uh, and then I had mates teach me things as well along the way. We kind of gathered together. And then I had a mate called David Williams and he taught me bar chords. Do you know what a bar chord is? It's when you bar all of the strings with this finger and you've got to push them down. It's really hard. And then with your other fingers, try and coordinate other like other other things on the guitar and it took me ages I almost gave up because it was just like that next step too far you know I was like oh no I'm pretty happy with wild thing (laughs) the girls love it (laughs) I went to a boys only school so that's not true (laughs) but I finally got guitar chords and that bar chords and then I use them everywhere Anyway, I don't even need to think about it anymore. Isn't that interesting, though? Uh, my friend Jeff Duncan taught me jazz chords. E minor 9, anyone? G13? Oh, yeah, that's nice. Oh, yeah, beautiful, beautiful. As I grew in my guitar journey, it's been 34 years, by the way, like, it's a bit scary, but as I grew in my guitar journey, I needed a number of things. I needed, I needed friends along the journey. I needed, I needed uh, a teacher. I needed, uh, I needed to practice. I needed to do and to engage in playing the guitar. And so I feel like now I've matured to the point that I can like, do my own thing on guitar. I don't, need, I don't need someone to maybe show me a new chord. I can actually arrange things for myself. And I thought, I'd like to play you a song that I've arranged. Is that all right? It's Greatest Thy Faithfulness, which was played at our wedding, baby. Um, And it goes like this.
So, I still get nervous doing that, but that's cool. I love it. My guitar journey is much like my faith journey. And I wonder if you can relate. That actually when I first started becoming a Christian, when I first started out on this thing, I, I needed friends around me that knew a few songs that I didn't have. I needed a teacher who taught me things that I didn't know. I needed, uh, I needed to step forward and practice what I was being taught and what my friends were leading me along this journey with. And I wonder if you can relate to that. It's exciting though. It really is the Christian journey, a mission of faith. It really is a, an exciting journey full of joy and full of all sorts of the good things that God has for us in our lives. Now, this year, as we heard last week, uh, that we are, as a church, going to call this year the year of the one. Now, that means that we follow the one and that we share the one. And all through February, the dates in February, we've done the, the where, the who, the what of the year ahead. And today, I'm going to look at the how. The how of the year ahead. And it is basically a briefing, a mission briefing on how we are going to walk through step by step, song by song, learning by learning the year ahead of us. It's exciting. I can't wait. And I'm going to call it, we called this, we've called this Sunday Mission Sunday. But I'm going, to, I'm going to go a little bit deeper. Because so often with things that are ahead of us, we have to step into what is ahead. Yeah. We can't just stand there and look at what's ahead. We've got to step into it. And so I'm going, to, I'm going to call the message this morning, what's my next step? If you're taking notes, that's it. What's my next step? Let's pray. God, we give you thanks that you speak to us, that you lead us and guide us by your word, by your Holy Spirit, by your will and your way. Lord, we're just so grateful that you have amazing things forward, but for each of us and for us collectively as a church, Holy Spirit, this morning, would you speak to us through what I've prepared. In your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. 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 Cool. We're going to turn straight away to the book of Acts, chapter 2, this morning. Uh, I love the book of Acts, written by Luke. Luke wrote the Gospel of Luke, and he wrote the book of Acts, if you're not sure. The Acts of the Apostles, and it's a really exciting book to read. Uh, every time I read the book of Acts, I, I, I don't know how it happens, but there's something fresh in it. There's something new in it that jumps out at me. Honestly, anytime I do it. And this week was no exception. Verse 41 in chapter 2 starts with, uh, Peter has just uh, basically preached the first Christian altar call. How many, how many hands go up that day is 3,000. Pretty good altar call. Now, here's what happens after that, after that moment. Verse 41, those who believed what Peter said were baptised immediately. And added to the church that day about 3,000 in all. All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over them all, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. All the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshipped together at the temple each day, met in homes, 
for the Lord's Supper and shared their meals with great joy and generosity. All the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. Amen? Cool. This passage shows us the how of the early church. It shows us almost a list of what we can do as the church almost 2,000 years later. It's pretty amazing really to think that there would be so many millions, if not billions of people this morning around the world gathering to worship and to follow this model of church. We get to do that here on the North Shore. You see, in this passage, we see that they devoted themselves to teaching. We can do the same thing. We can devote ourselves to teaching. Right now, you're doing that. Fellowship, communion, prayer, meeting together, giving to those in need, worshipping together like we've done this morning, meeting in homes like we'll do this week, share meals and communion together with great joy and generosity. Amen? I am excited that we are a generous church like Nick said before, like the testimony of what we heard before on the screen. Hopefully you can see some parallels in this list from Scripture Maybe you might see some things that are next steps for you, next learnings for you. And that's what I want to look at today. But I don't want to make it a purely conceptual message. I want to get a bit real. So we're going to hear from uh, a beloved Northie, a legend of the North, uh, on a video called, we're going to call Known. As a church, we have made a bunch of videos that collating people's testimony and stories uh, around discipleship as a tool for discipleship. We're going to call it Known. And last week we heard Arta's story. This week we're going to hear G's story. So let's turn our attention to the screen. I used to go into the meeting and say, Hi, my name's G. I'm an alcoholic. Is that what you mean? <laughs> Hi, my name's G. I love Jesus, iconography, photography, theology, and this is my story. I was raised in a New Age spiritual home, and I didn't know anything about the Bible. I didn't know anything about God. I was taught that it was all about the universe. I started running off the rails at about 13. By 15, I was pregnant which led me down a path of taking drugs and drinking to escape. I was a functioning alcoholic, so I still worked and could still uh, tend to everything, but I had attitude, I was full of resentment. I got into the gym and the bodybuilding scene uh, with competing of quite a competitive nature and got caught up in the drug scene. The more I won, the more I took. I was searching for this missing piece. I think at that time, I felt that winning and getting validation uh, through that was um, filling that void. I wasn't religious in any formal way, but I was very drawn to churches and cathedrals, and I was fascinated with religious photography. I still don't really know what it is, except I think my spirit was awakened somehow. I think I felt really out of place the first time I walked into church. I was like, why are these people being so nice to me? What do they want from me? But over time I realised they just want to love me. And it's important for me also 
to give back to others the way that I have been discipled by Tasha and Stuart. I totally felt unqualified as a leader and I didn't know what I was doing. What if I can't teach people? What if I can't say the right thing? The more I prayed into it, the more God just took me forward step by step. It's so important for me to create that space because I haven't had that in my life. It's not always easy to love everybody and it's not always easy to be accepting of everything. But if I keep his word fresh, then it's easier. And actually, it fills my cup. I love it. To be known that I'm loved for all my imperfections and my uniqueness and accepted wholly uh, is the most important thing for me. Awesome. Let's thank G. And hey, look, there's two chairs up here. G, why don't you come on up? Come on, let's give her a hand as she comes up. You are a legend, an absolute legend. Thanks so much for, um, for sharing your story, but also being willing to come up and let me grill you on the spot today. Uh, we've, um, we've talked a little bit about what we're going to talk about, but I've got some surprise questions for you oh, as well. No. Uh, I guess probably the first thing to start with is if you don't know G, um, you've heard a little bit about her story, but um, G, what, what do you do during the week? And uh, yeah, just a quick summary. Well, um, I'm a nutritionist, so I help people with their goals with fitness, uh, sports performance. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. And you study theology. And I drive for a cafe early in the oh. morning, <laughs> and I study at Laidlaw. <laughs> And I serve. <laughs> and you're a leader. So perfect. Yeah. <laughs> now, in the video, I, yep. I, love, I love hearing your story, but in the video you said when you first walked into church, which is a courageous thing to do, by the way, I, I just, I, yeah, I know what that feels like to just not know the environment, but when you walked in, you said, why are these people being so nice to me? What do they want from me, is what you said on the video. What, how did, what did people do to, to kind of change your mind on that? Well, I guess I come from a world where, uh, a, a world of addiction and various issues. So I have, I have been programmed into a world of agendas um, and expectations and judgment. So that was always expected of me or judged of me or someone was being nice to me, they wanted something. So when I came in the, um, the door over there and people were friendly and they were greeting me, I just, my guard went up. I was like, mm-mm, this is suspicious. These church people, <laughs> so I've sassy. heard about churches, you know. I knew nothing. Uh, but, yeah, I was really suspicious. But after the third time, I just, I don't know, someone said to me, fake it till you make it. <laughs> so Good I just advice. walked in and I just was like, hey. And, yeah, I'm still here. Awesome. Obviously, I'm not faking it now, though. Um, obviously, on the video, we saw Stu and Tash Alice, who can't be here today. We, we would have had them up here on, we would have had couches, sorry, um, because we, we would have brought them up here as well. Um, but they, they were a really big part of, of kind of discipling you, I guess, is a, is a better, better way to put it. What were the things that kind of uh, you, you learnt along the journey with them? What did it look like to, be, to kind of be discipled by Stu and Tash? 
Yeah, it's quite bizarre. As Tasha just said to me the other week when she first met me, I had a stick in my ear. Like I had this really bizarre stick in my ear. Like a piercing. I said, oh, that's a nice memory. Yeah. Oh, okay. cool. <laughs> uh, they took me in and, you know, I'm quite opposite looking to them and they just took me in. They didn't ask me questions about my past. They didn't ask me, they didn't dig into my history. They just loved me. They cooked for me and they created this environment for me of family, which I was, was very foreign to me. Mm. I have a family, but they didn't uh, do those things. Mm. You know, we didn't sit around the table and talk and share and it just didn't happen. So they, they did that and we would sit around and we would read the Bible. I had a million questions. I thought Genesis was a rock band. <laughs> Pretty good rock band. So I had lots of questions. <laughs> and so, yeah. so you, basically, that you know, you, sit, you said you sat around and, and opened, opened. The yeah, Bible we together. ate together and read together, and yeah. and just spent time together. You know, there was they just took me exactly as I was, and I was yeah. still pretty broken when I came in here. Yeah, awesome. It kind of just like the reading this morning, right? And, and mm-hmm. that idea that you go into people's your home, they would open their home to you. Um, how did you guys just meet in the foyer here at church, or what, what was, how did that happen? That lady in the pink. Oh. <laughs> Susan, uh, let's come, everybody. Pastor Susan, <laughs> fantastic connector. Yeah, of people. Su- Susan. Uh, I, I just started coming to life just before lockdown, and Susan, I don't know, in a moment said, "I'm going to put you in a connect room." I had never done a Zoom anything in my life, so I was like, oh, "I don't know. I'll just say yes." So I, I said, okay. And it was Stuart and Tasha's Zoom group. Mm. And they, Stuart and Tasha took me at their side all through COVID, the first lockdown, checking in with me, texting me, nothing heavy, just, hey, how's your day, you know. Um, and the Zoom meeting once a week, was, it was brilliant. I actually didn't feel alone, because uh, I didn't really know God then, so they were my connection. Yeah. That's great. Um, your story doesn't end there. It's like, you know, I learned Wild Thing and I kept learning new songs and it's much the same with Parallel with you. You know, you, you didn't just kind of go, oh, cool, well, I'm a Christian now. Um, in, the, in the video, you said uh, that you stepped, you wanted, you, that there was this kind of leadership thing and you, you, were, you said, um, I don't, how will I be able to teach anyone? I don't know, uh, I'm not equipped. I hear that so much as a pastor here at North. I hear this this idea of going, oh no, I can, I don't feel, I don't, I don't have the knowledge, or I don't, I'm not in the right place. You know what I mean? Like, and I get it. I wonder if it's a worthiness thing as well. You know, I'm not, I'm not perfect, or I'm not right in this super Christian zone, or something like that. And then you said something. You said, um, but the more I prayed about it the more God kept leading you forward. So oh, yeah. you're a group leader. So how, talk me through that, that overcoming that, those, those, uh, those thoughts of I can't do this to, to actually being a leader and doing it. Oh, I still have those thoughts. <laughs> right, uh, I, totally. I, I still, I, uh, yeah, I, all I, do, I can't do it on my own. So I literally pray and I hand it over. Um, the day before I uh, do the group, I just sit still. And I pray because often I have found that I can prepare something that I think is interesting or, or, or a passage that has drawn me, mm. but actually that's not the subject of the night. 
So it's really interesting to let the Holy Spirit come in and work the conversation where he's at. And the more that happens, the more I relax as a leader and don't feel like I need to teach and get uptight about it. I just pray about it. I hand it over. <laughs> it's awesome. <Yeah. laughs> I can't do it otherwise. I wouldn't know what to do, you know? Yeah. And look, you are someone who's not just staying where you're at. You're studying theology. You're, mm. you're just the kind of, I think you're the kind of tenacious personality that, that just keeps stepping forward, right? Yeah. But to hear that your thought pattern is like most of us, which is, I don't feel equipped. I don't feel right. Uh, like, I could, like I could step into that confidently. It, it's God that gives you the confidence, right? Yeah, it totally is. Yeah. What I love about you is you kind of you, you're all in not just with leadership and discipleship, but you're also you're on team here at, at, at North and you're a friendly face on the doors and all that kind of thing. Um, what what would what you, would your advice be for someone kind of looking like, hey, I want to take these next steps? Maybe they're a new Christian. Maybe maybe they're just kind of feeling this thing out. What do you reckon? What? I think when I came in, um, it was all about me. And I had come from, addiction is really selfish, it's a very selfish uh, disease, so it's all about self. And, you know, the thought of giving, I don't know, being here on a Sunday initially wasn't my jam, you know. I was just, I've got things to do and I've got a day off and I want to plan it like this. Mm. But you know what, when I started serving, I realised that that actually brought so much joy to me because I'm not serving life the church I'm serving God. So I could be standing with a cardboard box at the bridge (laughs) with three (laughs) people sitting them in a box. It doesn't matter. I'm still serving God. It doesn't, the building, this life itself, I'm not here serving life. I'm here serving church. I'm here serving you because you're all God's people. And that's what I've, that's what I believe through scripture. That's what I should be doing. Awesome. (laughs) Gee, you're awesome, mate. A legend here at North. Come on, let's thank G for sharing with us today. So, so cool. Oh my goodness. Uh, what, a great, what a great thought that we don't need to be, have it all together. We don't need to kind of get ourselves right before we step into the next step that God has for us. And G, you're just an example of someone who just puts one foot in front of the other. And today, as we look at this idea for all of us, you know, what's my next step? What's my 2024 step? Um, Is that take it. Don't just think about it. Take it. It's an amazing thing to do. Can I just say that God has good things ahead for you. From my own experience, stepping out into being a pastor, do you think I felt ready? (laughs) Not really. Do you think I still feel ready? You ask Debs about the nervous nights I have before I speak. It's not easy. But I know that if God's called it out in my life, that I can step forward in his confidence, knowing that he has that plan for me, and it's so true for every single one of us, church. So today, there's a couple of things. I really want to speak into what's my next step. And the first thing is this. You might be new to this whole thing. And you might need to grow in your faith. That is awesome. We have got great things that you can step into easily. In the, in the passage today, we saw that 3,000 people joined the church and got baptized in that moment. 
You know, maybe for you, you've heard about baptism and, and, and there's a lot of us uh, are Christians for a long time and then go, oh, maybe it's baptism. If that's you this morning and you haven't been baptized, maybe that's your next step in 2024. Maybe make a plan to suss it out. We've got great resources on our website for that. And get baptized. This year already, we've had 113 people, 114 yesterday there was one. 114 people get baptized across our church, 43 of those at Epic Summer Camp, including my daughter. What a moment. And baptism is always a supernatural heaven moment. Step into it if that's your next step. The other thing in growing in your faith would be we have the Alpha course, Carl. And we have Pastor Carl as our all things Alpha. And Alpha is basically a place where you can learn the deep foundations of following Jesus, of connecting with the one, understanding what it is to follow him, and then sharing that with your one. Alpha is a great place. Even if you've been a Christian a long time, you might be sitting here and going, yeah, maybe that's for me. Maybe it's just for you to go, hey, I want to get my foundations right. It's a great thing to do. Plus there's free food there. We also have a thing called the Freedom Course, which is Freedom in Christ, which is a great thing for us to do. All Christians, we should be considering what it is that we can do to upskill and get teaching and move forward, take those steps forward. So number one would be growing in your faith. Number two would be this, grow with others. Growing with others is essential here. We, we, we're not designed to do this alone. There's a great line from Rudyard Kipling who wrote The Jungle Book. And in The Law of the Jungle, there's, a, there's one of the lines in this poem which says this, the strength of the wolf is the pack. And the strength of the pack is the wolf. You know, they do the... We need a pack. You need a group of people. See, Maslow and his hierarchy of needs would say, you know, you need oxygen, you need water and food and all the rest of it. But as you kind of go up the levels there, you need to be needed and you need to be known. Do you have friends here at Life North? It's gotten really quiet, sorry. (laughs) Do you know people? Are you known to people? Man, maybe this is your next step. Step into a group. It's scary. I get it. Pray about it. Move forward. Watch what God does. First Thessalonians 5.11 says this. Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up just as in fact you are doing. It's a great line. It's what groups is all about, encouraging and moving forward. But here's the thing, one another. Those two words in that verse. There's lots of one another's in Pauline writing, in Paul, the Apostle Paul's writing. In the New Testament, he says, one another, love one another, encourage one another, one another, one another, one another. One another, in other words, is the strength of the pack is the wolf, and the strength of the wolf is the pack. I also want to give you a thought here. Being a leader is not what you might think being a leader is. Being in a group is not what you think being in a group is. We've got groups of all different shapes and sizes. Tennis groups, uh, lawn bowls groups, uh, golf groups, all the rest of it. Uh, Maybe you could start, or I could start a guitar group. Oh, maybe that's Holy Spirit. (laughs) A guitar group, otherwise known as the worship team. Um, 
Maybe God's put it on your heart and you've been putting it off and putting it off and putting it off. Sorry, I'm pointing. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to point anyone out, but I'm, I, I, think I'm, I think God is calling some people out today. You, you're, you're there. You're a good guitar player. You're a good Christian. You're on this road to maturity, and he's calling you out, not just for the one, but so you can influence a one. That happens in groups. And maybe you don't know what it's like to be a leader and you maybe shy away from that concept, but I think this is point number three today. Your next step could be leading others. Maybe you're a bit further down the track. What's God put on your heart to start? I'm going to say that again. What's God put on your heart to start? That even rhymes. It's like you need to lead and feed. That's all I've got. I've got no more rhymes. God's put something on your heart to start, to step into leadership. Let me encourage you with G's words. These are her verbatim quote from the video. I'm going to put it up on the screen. It's this. I, felt to- I totally felt unqualified to be a leader. Who's with me? What if I say the wrong thing? What if I can't teach people? A lot of what ifs there, eh? It's good. It's how we think about this stuff sometimes. But the more I prayed about it, the more God took me forward step by step. Could you commit to a next step of prayer? And go, God, would you, my hands are open, God, use me. God, teach me what it really means to be a leader, not to have it all together, but just to simply step forward and say, here I am, send me. It's a good thing to do. And like G said, it fills her cup. Serving fills her cup, you know, leading fills her cup. It's a great, great thing, step by step. Maybe the fourth thing could be this as the band come and join me, is to be needed. To be needed and known. It works itself out as we serve the church. There's lots of ways to do that. See, on a Sunday morning, we have teams across North and across life as a whole that are volunteers of people who have stepped onto team. Not so we can do this, but so that we can literally discover the joy and the generosity, like from the passage this morning, of stepping into God's purpose in our lives. Let me tell you, you won't regret it. You'll meet people along the same journey. It will knit you in. You will really be meeting that idea of being needed and known. Maybe God's calling you this morning. Like 1 Peter 4.10 says, Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. My heart is not that I would have it all together, but that I would say, God, I, I want to be a faithful steward of what you've given me. And in my life, that started real small. We don't just do this so that we can do this thing called church. We do it because we're serving the one so that we might have a one that we can lead to know the joy, the peace, the provision the purpose of following Jesus. Part of that leads us to point number five, which is to bring help and hope. Last year, with the help of some amazing people in our community, one of our very own North family, Tucker Peters, shout out. Beach Haven, last, last, 
end of January, early February, we started the Beach Haven Community Kitchen. It was very quickly overrun with people who just needed the community and a meal and, and maybe a bit of help and maybe a bit of hope. Last year, we went from zero community kitchens on the North Shore and the coast to three. <laughs> How good is that? Come on, let's give God some glory there. Now, can I say He's not finished yet? He is not finished yet. That isn't just put, you know, done everything and we're all good. There is need across our communities, across our streets that God has next steps for us as a church to bring help and hope to people. The next one is this, in a couple of weeks, we're gonna fire up something called Help and Hope Week. The details will be behind me, but from March 2nd to March 9th, we have got amazing initiatives across Auckland, across Tauranga. And in the north, we have more, we have heaps, we've got a whole bunch. But all the details will be on the website behind me. And if you don't know, want to jump on that then the cards which I'm going to point you to soon will have some an option for you to find out more but it's awesome we are doing what the early church was was doing we're we're a generous church we want to see outside of our four walls to see our communities changed we really do and man God's doing something cool eh North last year, three community kitchens. Come on, let's, let's keep going. Let's keep going. Let's keep looking out at our communities and bringing help and hope to people. It's a good thing. Could these be your next steps this year? Thank you for listening to this podcast. I trust you're encouraged by this incredibly powerful word. You know, you've always got a place to call home here at Life, and I want to encourage you to join us in one of our campuses in Auckland or Tauranga, or why don't you join us at Church Online. To find out more about life and to stay connected with us, why don't you visit lifenz.org.